After Things is brought to you by Patreon.com slash Weird Things. Thank you for supporting this show. Hello and welcome to the After Things podcast. I'm Yadamine, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hi. Mr. Brian Bushwood. Aloha. Oh, Mr. Bryce Castillo. Third skeptical greeting. <laughs> Intriguing. <laughs> Go on. So I, I've, I've been doing a deep dive. I'm going to do, I do a plug for this. I do not get compensated by them and by their current latest uh, funding round. They do not um, need my help. Uh, but I do Udemy courses all the time. Hmm. And there's actually another flash sale going on right now. That's the secret, by the way, to Udemy courses is that you'll go there like, oh, it's $99 for this course. Wait a day. It'll it'll go down to like 12 bucks or 13 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they like they'll do and sometimes was these courses may have existed somewhere else, then people bring them here to Udemy. So um I I learn a lot. I learn a lot. I learn you know, that's when I want to learn a topic, I go do this. I might take two courses on the same topic, one after the other, just because different teaching styles. So lately I've been learning about Ethereum. Oh, so that's been fascinating. you're on, you're on, you're on the chain. You're a chain How gang. much do you all know about Ethereum? Do we just want to get Corey in here now? Like you guys can just go back and forth like I, Furbies. I, 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 I'm, well, we think about it from the as a currency, and that's yeah. the big talk is the theorem is a currency side of it, which is fascinating. But it's but it, that's the side that was not attracted to me. It has a, a a what like a work value side, right? Or like it it represents a certain amount of computational um cycles. So it was started by a 19-year-old kid, Vitaly uh Buterin, uh who basically was interested, really, really into, into Bitcoin when he was a kid, really into Bitcoin, but realized like, man, there's so much more potential because he was obsessed with the idea of smart contracts and the idea of being able to do work that was decentralized. And so he proposed and got other people on board an idea of like, what if you could build, basically let computers do work for you and do computation and create these smart contracts that could basically be agreements between people could do this. It could be doing certain kinds of computation. So the smart contract thing was a thing that attracted to him. And when they do these like Ethereum conferences, uh, he, a couple of years ago, they had one, they talked about like an Ethereum had reached this, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars in value or whatever. And he's like, did we earn it? Have we helped people who were unbanked, you know, be able to get bank accounts? Have we really replaced any of the systems that we're trying to replace? And he's not into the NFTs. He's not into that speculative part of it. He's into the idea of this technology being a thing that could, you know, the Web3 aspect, a way that yeah. just decentralizes everything. And that was inter- interesting to me because I look at, you know, as we build these services on top of stuff and we become dependent upon a few small players, the idea of people trying to build systems that aren't dependent on that is a very interesting concept. Can so, you, yeah. Can you, can uh, you, for, for, for folks that, that might not be up on, on some of the jargon, explain the idea of, of web 3.0 in terms of, of what, what the so, blockchain represents? So the idea is that, you know, web 1.0 was sort of like, I have, there's the internet, I go use my computer to do it. Maybe I look at a browser, but, you know, things are sort of like, I'm using my applications to connect to the internet. Uh, Web 2 was kind of like, 
cloud-based stuff, the idea that you're using applications like Facebook and stuff that are on servers and stuff, and you do that. Web3 is the idea that you know things are completely decentralized. So for example, like your information about you might just be stored, you know, in a in a, uh, a distributed way that it could be on a block. You know, a blockchain is basically a bunch of different computers that basically anybody could participate and be able to store, use that information and you pay them something for doing that. But the idea is that no one person controls it. No one person controls the data. No one person controls, you know, the ability to do it is you just you can add another node to the system and you'll be able to connect to it. And the idea is to get rid of any sort of centralized system because then in theory is uh, Facebook can't control it. The government can't control it. It's really just a bottom up individuals doing stuff. And you get people who come from very radically different points of view. You get people who are very, you know, uh, maybe anti-capitalist, very pro, you know, uh, you know, points of view, like socialist sort of points of view. And you get radical, you know, anarchists and libertarians who come together who are like, well, we all agree, like, big banks are a problem or this or that could be and stuff. So I, I think, I think it, um, it, it, it tends to represent philosophically an element of anti-authoritarianism mm -hmm. uh, that, that goes beyond just government, right? That, that, that now yeah. we look at our modern world and you see like, okay, well, depending mix and match, who do you find to be the biggest villain? Like government, either by actors or by philosophies, uh, the economy, either by actors or by philosophies and big business or like financial sector uh, uh, stuff that that, you know, you keep your all of your money in one place and that one place can like go away. Uh, uh, so this is is a representation of taking away that central power that that what if you had all of the 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 positive the the positive elements of something as trivial even as like Facebook. So you're always able to find your photos, you're always able to share and talk to other people, but it didn't come at the cost of running everything through this one company. Yeah, and in a in a ver and I think we're way off from certain versions, the versions of this that you're you're you could have different people that are, you know, competing to be able to store your images or your whatever stuff data that you want to store and it's accessible. And if one of them goes offline or whatever doesn't matter, you have it and they're cryptographically protected. You can build applications that run off of the system. So you can build, you know, the way Ethereum works is you have a thing called gas, which is a price that you pay to do a computation. So I could build an application send it to the network and then anytime somebody wants to use it they pay that network to run the application now how efficient is that right now whatever those are things like i don't know it's very early early stages but it is an interesting and to the crypt to the currency side like to me that's less interesting to me but that's where the focus is but that's valid too I, i'm reading this book right now called the infinite machine by uh, camilla russo who was a bloomberg reporter in argentina and she starts off talking about how she was getting paid in Argentinian uh, currency, and then the economy started, and she could always convert it to U.S. dollars. And then as the economy started to falter, she tried to put it in U.S. dollars. Then one day, Argentina said, no, you can't do that anymore. And the option in her bank account went away. She couldn't press that button to convert it to USD and just watched all of her money just completely get deflated to being worthless. And so, you know, that was, you know, kind of the idea of like, oh, well, had I been able to, and that's where a lot of people got interested in blockchain and crypto and protect that point, Bitcoin. Cause like, in like, I think, I think Bitcoin is a lot of dark money, a lot of shady, shady, shady money, but it is also a lot of people who are like, Hey, I don't know if my money is going to get devalued in this other system, but yeah, that's part of it. That's not as exciting to me as what you can build when you literally 
you know, uh, get away from the point of view of like, nobody can, no one person can control it. So as you went through this course, what was the most surprising thing that you found out about Ethereum? Well, I, I, to me, it was the idea that the, 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 the origins of it's fascinated. So this Vitaly Buterin started this uh, idea because he thought about what if these things could do meaningful work. And he brought a bunch of people together and he's 19 years, 19 years old at this point. Um, and when he, when they, they started this group to form Ethereum and there was this big, a lot of people, a lot of people are opportunists and, and I see people you know, making comments in the chat about Bitcoin being this or this. I think it's a lot of things. There are idealists and there are schemers and there are tons of schemers there. And that's, that was the noise that kept me away from it because the schemers and the scammers were really, really loud. But Vitaly was a, an idealist and they were at this point where they're about to do their initial to offer, make Ethereum available. And they had a CEO who seemed some of them didn't trust. And finally, they said, we need him out. Vitaly, you have to decide. And at this point, it's like 20. They asked a 20-year-old kid to decide what's going to be the fate of this thing. And he's like, because uh, are we going to be a for-profit company or are we going to be a non-profit? Who's going to run it? And he says, we're going to be a non-profit. And you're, we're going to have you know seven core people be the decision makers. And that's it. He didn't, he didn't run to try to create the next Facebook. He didn't want to do this. Yeah. He believed in the platform itself and said, no, we need to be a nonprofit. We need to make everything open source. And it was a very interesting, and again, the original nine people worked on it. They profited from it. They made money from it, but it was a very mature decision from a 20 year old idealist. And that's what impressed me the most about this. And there, I think there are a lot of people in the periphery who didn't share his ideals. And even still, I think that it was a very interesting sort of point of view you know, from that, to see that, that idealism. And I respected that. And then when I've heard, I've talked to people talking, I'm like, yeah, no, he, the NFTs, all that. I think NFTs are neat, but I don't think there's a real long-term value in selling JPEGs like that. I think the things that come next will be cool. Like million dollar homepage. If those of you remember, that was like yeah, this joke sure. website. Yeah. yeah. That turned out the, the internet was bigger than that. The internet yeah. had more potential than that, but that wasn't, if you looked at that and go, well, this is why the internet's bullshit. Like, well, no, that's the wrong thing to look at. Yeah. I think, I mean, the only thing that NFTs did was show that there is a market for digital collectibles like and and, and, and that, yeah and that there's a ton and ton of people with cryptocurrency assets trying to diversify them even to really crazy things yeah yeah uh, uh i think that was that was a good that was an interesting thing but I, I i do agree with you that uh now that we've proven that the things that will come afterward and aren't just mm -hmm. the, the the lazy uh the lazy kind of cash grabs will be interesting. And, and a thing that, you know, you maybe heard me talk about Corey, Corey before was like, the problem I have like with Bitcoin is that it's an extremely inefficient the amount of energy it wastes to produce a Bitcoin. And you know, some Bitcoin, like, no, it's not like, no, literally the paper was called proof of work. Proof of work is how you create one of these, you know, you generate a coin and the work means the energy. You have to expend a tremendous, that was by design, expend a tremendous amount of energy to produce this thing so it has value. But Ethereum is based on that, but now they're switching to what's called proof of stake, which is the more coins that you have gives you a stake. And so these things are evolving. And I guess mine is to plea to like, hey, uh, one, I'm going to recommend the book, The Infinite Machine. And two, like, look deeper into these things. Take a look at these things. There's a lot. There's something really big going on. I don't know what it is, but I think there's something big that passed all of the douchebag speculation, all that stuff, which kept me away from it is that there's a lot of idealists and very involved technical people trying to push this. I think that blockchain tech, where we are right now, uh, similar to AI, 
is a a situation where like the World Wide Web was in the late eighties, early nineties. Like there's a lot of people that had a lot of really stinky takes on the World Wide Web in the the the, the you know throughout the nineties that now we look back on and we laugh at at how out of touch or alarmist or whatever that they were. And there were some people that had, you know, a, 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 a bigger horizon in front of them and, and tried to guess where these kinds of things were going. Now, I don't know whether or not it's going to be the exact same scope of the World Wide Web, which has effectively reshaped our lives. And this is a, a, an offshoot of itself. But I, I do think that uh, we could all do our best to maybe challenge our priors on situations that are evolving really, really, really fast. Yeah. I mean, that was, I think that was a lesson that I sort of learned was, was to try to, and again, I'm not like, hey, everybody go buy crypto, crypto. I'm not, I'm even talking about really crypto. It's just the idea of this, this platform that I'm still trying to learn more about and trying to learn about building things onto it. Cause if you imagine the idea of like, oh, what if you could build applications and things like this, but you didn't have to go to AWS to do it. You just go, I'm going to use this open platform that there is no gatekeeper to upload it and it exists. And nothing can stop you other than the scale of it, or, you know, and it can keep growing. And that's what is, what is, you know, we talk about what's the internet going to be like a thousand, you know, hundred years from now, I think it's going to be this very decentralized system. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, I mean, it's certainly all, all, all the stuff is there as the question is, you know, it's only as good mm-hmm. as the uh, applications built on top of it. And then the reliability of the system going forward. Yeah, I comments there about buying again. I'm not talking about buying, and I I was very critical about like Bitcoin back in like you know like 2016, 2015, and about Bitcoin because I just have issues with it, and still have issues with it, and I'm like, oh, but don't you wish you bought? I'm like, well, I bought Apple and Tesla. I did okay, you know. Like I just for me, you have to understand. I don't where what I want to understand something, not just chase after what somebody says. Oh, go do this. Yeah, you know. So Andrew never did the Macarena. Not once. It's like, I don't like no it. Don't understand you know why? It. Because he couldn't understand it. Yeah. He said, where is that? This get is it. clearly leading to something. Don't get it. I not I, gonna I, do Joe, it. I didn't buy Facebook. Facebook had their IPO. <laughs> I followed it and I'm like, I don't, I don't really like it. I'm not really comfortable with this. I think it's going to make money, but I'm really not. And at that point, there were a bit of a mess about where they're, how they're going to be, you know, make money. But like, I just I'm like, nah, I'm just, not going to do it. I don't, uh, don't yeah. get it. Uh, uh, that uh, uh, for everybody wondering why I've been largely quiet is because I don't understand it and I don't feel like I should chime in on things I do not understand. <laughs> Doesn't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, Brian, understand I, the question and I won't <laughs> respond to it. And I, Well, Brian, I, I think that uh, I, would, I would love for you to listen to the book, The Infinite Machine, when you get a chance. I would say check that out. Okay. Cause it is a really, cause, cause like we have friends that are around us that they're the same people I knew who got obsessed with day trading, you know, and the same people I know who are, you know, online gamblers are now about crypto, 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 and they don't know much about the underlying tech is the thing I do. They're, they're looking at candlestick charts and stuff like this. And I'm like, that's great, but that's not why I find it interesting. And it can be off-putting. It can be off-putting to me because I'm like, 
this is not, this is not, I don't identify with that. Well, and you know? uh, there's the difficulty of knowing that there's something here, but, but it hasn't achieved its final form yet. And, and mm -hmm. we saw it like, a, like a, the first time, you know, uh, uh, first time I ran a BBS, the first time I plugged into the internet and got on Usenet news groups, the first time I ever saw a web browser or whatever, like, 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 okay, yes, but not just this, you know, and, and that's how I feel about uh, everything blockchain, everything Bitcoin, all of that stuff. And, and so mm -hmm. it has me very hesitant to want to chime in, even with rampant speculation, because I don't feel qualified in that regard. I, I I would say that, yeah, but I mean, I, I am, I am excited about the potential of like decentralized stuff and to get into the, their ideas that are really cool. Like they talk about the, the DAO, which is like the decentralized autonomous organization. And the idea that you could create a contract, like we could do our podcast and say, okay, every, you know, we're going to split up four ways, the profits four ways and put X amount that's going to go into an account to pay for services. And we're going to make a smart contract that's going to do this. Brian's address, Bryce's address, Justin's address, my address, this is going to do this. Every time we release an episode, it'll go on this website. If people want to buy it, they will use this. Again, not a very practical method right now because I don't think many people are into crypto, but the idea is that you could build an organization or a business like that. And that's exciting. I think that would be exciting to you is the idea of where you look at like, oh, what happens when that's automated? What happens right. when you could just write this we're, to do this? Where essentially there is no contract and therefore, there is no contract disputes because everything happens organically, automatically, on in public on the blockchain. Where it's like, uh, yes, this was yeah. the founding charter, and it's continuing to go exactly as we declared it would. Yeah, and you could if somebody pointed out Adam Curry's podcast. You pointed has a Bitcoin tipping system. I mean, you could go further than that, and the idea that we say, okay, Bryce has to upload it, and so the moment. You build. You could build a smart contract onto Ethereum that basically every when you send a file system to it, something happens, and then it could say, "Okay, this all of a sudden releases payments." Now this thing happens. It gets into like that's a thing that sort of blows my mind. You start thinking about the possibility of like how you, building a business in soft, like literally building a business in code. Yeah, uh, it, when 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 Curry's been on Great Night, he and he talks about the future of what's he, what what he wants to do with it and what's what's possible. It is a lot of 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 stuff like that of being able oh, to bet. just build he's, in. He's so far ahead. Yeah, like trying to build in the idea of like, all right, so if somebody sent him art because they do new art for No Agenda, that they can just be on the ledger and so whenever anybody listens to x amount of that episode if they're on on his system then it automatically pays out to everybody proportionally and like just just trying to uh, uh create a a different system where you're constantly earning and spending in this in this ecosystem uh and that wealth kind of gets uh, uh distributed and makes it easy for you to plug back in and so you are it's easier for you to give uh, a wealth back into it. So I, I do think that there are some fundamentally amazing things that can be done with it. It's, uh, you know, I, 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 I wonder for the, the, the app that, that cracks it, that makes it really dirt simple. Yeah. You know, they, they, the analogy that was made was that, uh, what email was to the internet, like Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies are to Web3, you know, the idea that yeah. that's the thing that starts it, but then everything else gets into it. And I, and I would say that like, it's, 
you know, everybody's still figuring it's all of it's so new. Everything's figuring out so new. It's like, I've been learning this programming language that I didn't even know existed a month ago called Solidity. And Solidity is a programming language just to write contracts on Ethereum. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's like, great. But because they looked at like, oh, they originally did it C++ and Python, but like, no, we need to have a thing because we need to have a constructor, like a contract, like instead of classes, you have contracts and this happens this. And so, and like, oh man, this is really interesting because when you write this code, you press a button and it gets deployed to, to the blockchain. The, to the blockchain, right. yeah. And then that that means uh, there's no need for lawyers to argue about percentages. There's no need uh, for for judges to interpret what uh, what is or and is not of rounds. Reporting disbursement, right? Like, yep. there no no accountants. It's no. just it's like it's 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 all inherent in yeah. the thing. That's that's remarkable. And that's yeah, and it's and it's early days because it's still you're like, well, who decides? How does this work? And I'm like. Don't know, and there's going to be problems and things, but it is like, to, like I think it's a very exciting idea, Brian. You know, like that, yeah. like you said about like that, because then you get into like wrapping your head around, oh, how would I build a business this way? Because like you think about like you, you know, you and I wrestle. We've all wrestled with like you know, just on your podcast, you bring in partners to do this stuff, and I. And when I did magic, I wanted to some, I wanted to be a publisher, but I'm like, no, like I don't trust the magic publishers that I work with that I'm getting my percentage. And I don't think it's necessarily because they're bad. I think it's just accounting gets sloppy. And I'm like, man, I, and if, if you said, okay, here's a system where every time a book gets purchased where people contribute to it, you don't worry about it. Those yeah. percentages go out to the people and that's accounted for, et cetera. I'd be like, oh, cool. And, you know, maybe a percent goes into an insurance thing in case somebody sues you or whatever. But like, I think there's so much more things we could do out there. So many more things would be possible. You know, and it's not even just a matter of trust. It's a matter of just fluid, making things just automatic. I, I think it, 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 look, all systems are predictable. And so therefore all, all systems on some level are gameable. It's not to say that, that anything is inherently immune from sleaziness. What I do think is interesting about a system like this is that it makes an honest broker's job easier. And if you are, and that I do believe is the vast majority of deals that get done. And uh, uh, I think, you know, as small business people, uh, which you know, all of our pursuits were started not because we loved organization, but because we loved art and because we loved our passion and because we had goals. Uh, that means that the bookkeeping uh, is something that is annoying. It's frustrating. It it oftentimes is anxiety riddling uh, uh, to 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 deal with. If that could be done for you automatically. My lord, what, 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 an awesome, uh, 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 now, uh, ability for you to have more cycles and thoughts and, 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 and everything that goes along with it and not have to worry about, oh man, did I forget to do a thing? And like, uh, have I not gotten paid from this person on time? Have I not paid on time? Like, uh, uh, also the idea that all of the agreements would have to be done, beforehand when you go into something as opposed to setting something up and then having the awkward conversation of exactly, well, how much does everybody get out of this? If it just starts out saying, Hey, I'll do it. Blank split, blank split, blank split. And it starts coming in. That does make an honest broker's job a lot easier. Yeah. And it's, it's early days and it can be, 
it can be really, really intimidating, a lot of the stuff, but, uh, you know, my, my, my sort of, you know, I would say that it's like early days of the web, World Wide Web, where we just, there was so much dumb stuff out there. It's like, there is a big future. And I think some of it's watching some of it happen right now, if you see through the noise. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. Again, I, I, I'd love, like I said, I'd love for you guys to get a chance to read the book or check. I'm still in the middle of it, but just follow that sort of story because it's. Uh, I got pulled away one more time. The name was The, the Infinite, Infinite Machine. Machine. How an army of crypto hackers is building the next internet with Ethereum. Written and it's just, by it's a good, again, I'm still only a third, I'm only a third of the way into it. But when I got to the point of understanding, you know, the why, yeah, uh, I'm like, oh, okay, this. And so, and like I mentioned before, is like Ethereum's moving from proof of work, which is like, use your computer to burn energy to make these hashes to proof of stake, which is, hey, uh, way more efficient and stuff. And, and there's, there's issues, like it takes 12 seconds for a transaction result. There's a lot of technical stuff, which I won't get into. And. I'm not saying, oh, this is it, everybody. But I'm like, there's something happening. Yeah. <laughs> Newsflash. Andrew Main says of the crypto space, there's something happening. Something happening. I mean, that's the most frustrating thing is like, yeah, we all agree. There's something happening. <laughs> but, but but we all disagree that anybody knows what. And, and, and Well, and, we, nobody knows, though. But it's like, it's like that's, remember, my favorite, one of my favorite stories, two favorite stories about Facebook. One is... Zuckerberg's in his code house, you know, they're, they're, they're coding, they're working on building a version of this, you know, they still haven't taken like any funding or whatever. And they're working on this going, man, this could be such a cool system. This could be so cool. Maybe someday, we'll, somebody, somebody real will go build this one day. Yeah. And, and they were like, they were working on it and they didn't yeah. see it was them. And then my other one is, you know, we, you watch the social network and whatever, and that story, the, the parody of what happened, but you know, he walks into, he's going to go pitch the VCs and he talks to, I think it was Peter Thiel and Zuckerberg had two ideas. Everybody talks about Facebook. Nobody talks about Wirehog. Wirehog. Wirehog was his whole, wanted to do his own system for exchanging files and music and everything else he wanted to do. That's what he wanted to do. He's like, he, he loves them both. And they're like, or he goes to even pitch them. He like tells the, the VCs about this, like Facebook. Do Facebook, do right. Facebook, and the whole idea of the oh, we wanted to like no, that's every 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 creation story somebody tells you is a myth. So, um, yeah, Wirehog, there you go. Uh, that's amazing. Then and so nobody knows, nobody knows. No, there's this is Ethereum is the second most traded cryptocurrency. It's worth like half a trillion dollars. It was started by a nineteen year old kid. He's still like 25, 26. Uh, Over the hill. So yeah. I, I, I know we're coming up on deadlines. Uh, uh, for my pick, I'll admit slash confess slash lay myself in front of both of you that I continue to watch Foundation and continue to enjoy it. I also started watching Foundation. I think it's really cool and it's great. It's great. I ain't watched it. You should. It's I'm, good. Hey, stop. Get off my ass. <laughs> Do what I want. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I, this went exactly wow. the way I feared slash hoped. No, no, I, no let me. I, I, 
I'm on I, your side with this one, Brian. I, this, no, but I, I haven't read the book either. That's all right, Andrew. I don't care. I mean, I, I, you could they could take the names. I don't, I don't. That that doesn't bother me as much as you probably think it does. Like if you're, oh, they changed the thing. And I'm, I'm not. Put in the box. Fun. I am. I am like, man, you threw away something really awesome. I hope you have something cool to do that. And I got past that. I'm like, I just want to watch a cool sci-fi show. But now they've committed. I don't know. I'm like episode three or they created like one of my greatest sins, which is. Meanwhile, 100 years earlier, they literally did like a like a hey, uh yeah, 400 years ago. Yeah, they do flash for one back scene. For now we're back scene. here. Now we've jumped ahead. I'm like, like just tell a linear you could tell us yeah, a linear story. I, I I I don't I don't have that same allergy that you do, but I understand that one scene was very weird it was very weird to see 400 years ago and then 400 years like that like just logistically it's very confusing on what that means i don't don't, don't imagine i don't i haven't seen it but i just imagine you doing it but it's 400 years earlier but it's just a family guy gag (laughs) (laughs) you gotta establish the foundation what about the time you met the pope hi pope yeah (laughs) (laughs) like somebody tricks over a crack and it's like (laughs) i wonder how that guy there stewie like and then 400 it's, years earlier and it's peter griffin with a beard falling over it's more like that than you realize because it's like remember when you had that idea i'm having the idea, idea. <laughs> 400 years later yeah the thing he introduced to us the very first show oh yeah i know we we're we're with it so i i will stick through it i'm trying i'm making my way through it it gets the the, the way in which things unfold and watching some of the Oh, is this guy? Is he gonna be a bad guy or good? I'm like, I'm just, I'm letting it tell its own story. Yeah, those uh, little the the one thing that that I do know for a fact is not in the original book that I really enjoy as a conceit is the uh, uh, the self cloning uh, Dawn Dusk. Cleon. Cleon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, he's, he's, I'm told he that is. seems a, pretty cool. I think Justin, or no, Andrew, I think you said this as much a week or two ago that that character is very, 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 very small in the book. Um, well, it, it, cause it's, it's, but I, I like him. I think he's a great I think that show. would be great in a David S. Goyer science fiction series. I think that what they substituted to me is, is sort of like what they, they, he, they, they, you know, what they wanted to put in there as their institution of power, sort of to me is like, man, like that's, Kind of like I'm going to tell a story of the Soviet Empire, but they're not socialist, <laughs> you know. <laughs> they're like, okay, okay, it's another empire. I'm like, right, it's, 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 it's interesting, but again, I, I, I'm glad people enjoy it. It got renewed for season two. I was not like, no, I'm like, oh, cool. I, I want. I Josh Friedman, by the way, is the co-writer on co-creator. Yeah. Josh Friedman did the fantastic Sarah Connor Chronicles. Is also working on Avatar, the new Avatar series. Like a big fan of Josh Friedman, so I'm, I'm. And who knows too? I don't know to blame because like you know you gotta make you gotta make stuff you gotta make stuff for like uh. I can't imagine what it's like to make stuff for Apple or to have to jump through all those hoops yeah. for all those execs. I don't even imagine. So yeah. a lot of great production design too. And care, I think the casting's great. I love the casting. You'll bring you get a new character and they're in there for a minute. I'm like, I like this person. I don't know why we have visions in a science fiction series based on Isaac Asimov's foundation, but that's fine. It's okay. Yeah. It's not an element that he would ever use, but that's fine. By the way, Sounds while, very while, confident. While, while we're on renewal and cancellation news, All right. more like why not? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. very, probably not a good sign to cancel your show mm-hmm. while it's still airing. Well, yeah. Oops, uh, well, I, I, I wonder how much of that how much of that is uh, 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 
the, the that news didn't come from FX. Uh, right. It I came from a it came from the show runner. showrunner who says now, they're going to shop it. I don't think that um, it is uncommon for shows to get canceled while they are still airing in in television. That happens all the time, if not it, the, the regular uh, uh, thing, especially for a show that expensive where you need to uh, uh, be planning for these. You know, these companies need to be figuring stuff out you know, if not a year in advance, uh, to really get everything together. Uh, but yeah, interesting that she went public or that was, that was the plan, uh, to try and, and move it somewhere. Uh, but we, we, we were talking about it a little bit in the discord and someone had suggested that like, maybe it was because there was controversy or that this, in the vague realm of say another comedy special that came out recently that people are upset about this, but I don't think anybody knows yeah, that the show exists. I think that there's a controversy. It was boring. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, I made it to two episodes. I think, I mean, it's, yeah, same. All right. I actually liked it. I, I, right. I, I watched an episode that I liked. I don't know uh, whether it was the fifth or sixth one, but it was, mm. it took five or six episodes for me to like, like an episode because they were actually doing things. And there were like, interesting things happening with like some of the elements of the show or the comic that I really liked. Um, ultimately I think that it missed it. It, it took a very of the moment view of the idea of what is a world without men. And it felt like a show where everybody was talking, well, what would a world without men be like right now? before all the men leave. And I think one of the elements of the comic that was not there and, and is that like, if half the world died, the other half of the world would really miss them. And yes, there would still be conflicts and yes, there would still be a society to sort through. And yes, you would still have all these moments where you would see these industries uh, that were devoid of women that now had to be totally comprised by women and how that would, how that would go about and the geopolitical ramifications. But it's hard to do a show messaging, you know, hard to do a show like Handmaid's Tale, which I think that this show was very much based on some of the aesthetics when there is an apocalyptic world where I think the, the pervasive element of the core of that story is, boy, would we all miss each other if we died? If, 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 if there was a gigantic extinction level event for, for, you know, one, segment any segment of 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 society we would we would probably wish that they were here uh, as opposed to thinking about everything that that sucks um without excusing it so i think that was that was ultimately that also it was boring and the <laughs> cast was not great <laughs> yeah anyone shut else up. shut up shut up chat inappropriate uh, uh any other picks I'm, I'm doubling down on foundation foundations uh uh yeah hey i finished what if i loved what if oh really what if uh uh i really 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 dug it uh i think if if i'm going to rank the uh the four marvel shows that came out on disney plus uh I, wandavision to me was awesome i loved 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 wandavision but what if is right there uh, i thought it was really competent it was really fun uh, it was a a great tribute to the What If series, where where oftentimes you were just reminded, uh, hey, uh, the the comics you're Be reading thankful. are the best versions of yeah. this story because it doesn't end well in this in this other more tantalizing 
kind of idea. Um, yeah, it was just, it was, I never turned one on and, and was upset by a, a decision that they made plot wise. And I think oftentimes that's the biggest sin you can say about animation where you're removing a lot of the barriers of the stories that you can tell, the characters that you could bring in at every moment. What if was jam packing Marvel goodness into these very fun, competent stories? Um, yeah, I'm still just halfway through it, and but I loved it. AC, I think it's AC Bradley. I think she's the showrunner for it, and I think not since the Russo brothers have I felt like, man, these people get somebody gets like what Marvel can be and what really great Marvel I'm, stories. I'm, I'm be. real excited to hear your take after you finish the the whole season. And there were things I was about to say, but I won't say them now because I want to hear how how okay. you feel at at the end of the whole run. Cool. No, your Brian's like, no, you're going to hate it, Andrew. That's why I want to see you cry. <laughs> what if? Yeah. Brian spoiled. What if? What if? <laughs> I go, this is the, like a reverse spoiler for me. I, this is a big deal. I, I am I'm, the watcher. I I'm like, <laughs> tried to cut Brian off when he's about to inadvertently spoil things. I want to put... I have sworn I an oath to never do it. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright up into national treasure status like Christopher Walken, yeah, uh, James Earl Jones, Morgan Freeman, uh, Orson Welles' voice. But like, I want to put Jeffrey Wright up there. I just want to like, let's, we got a treasure, national protect treasure. Him, protect him at all costs. Yeah. Uh, watching, you know, he remember he was in the James Bond movies, you know, played Felix Leiter. And uh, it just like, man, I would love to see like a Jeffrey Wright in Bond universe, but as like a spy master kind of guy. Yeah. Is it just his, his gravitas is just off the hook? He's just amazing. Yeah, mm. uh, not uh, that old either. So, um, I'm down with it. I thought it's I thought it's great. I love that they got the voice talent that they got. I love the decisions that they made. But uh, I'm, I am also excited to see uh, uh, Andrew what your thoughts are because uh, it it is, I think, much like Wandavision. What I love the most about Wandavision is that it kept building and surprising me based on the pieces of the puzzle that they had already laid out. Unlike Loki where it was like, Oh, let's walk into the unknown. Let's walk into the unknown. Let's walk into the unknown. And we just kind of keep getting more unknown. Uh, WandaVision was a puzzle to be solved. What if is something where uh, uh, even in an anthology series, they, they find really, really cool ways to continue to build. Cool. My pick um and i i am gonna by the way uh i have not watched the rest of the season of lower decks i've been not trying to race through it because i love lower decks lower decks is the best trek since next generation agreed yeah but yeah because it's just it's it loves trek and it doesn't go into that dumb uh star wars detours yeah it's because it's it's canonical in my opinion it's it, it is like it it, it it is not a comedy show themed around Star Trek universe. It is legitimate Star Trek that happens to be self aware. That's yep. it. That's and yep. and and having said that, uh, like w once, like I, once that framework has been handed to people, I've had people who are like, I do not like this show. I was like, watch it through this lens. They're all like, this is wonderful. And, and I'll give you a lens to be like, imagine you worked at SpaceX. And people talked about SpaceX and you know who Elon Musk is, you know who Bezos is, you know all the players are. What are going to be your workplace jokes? How are what are you going to talk about? Yeah. You know, and if you imagine if you work for Starfleet and you've had, you know, 
you live in a universe where Picard is real and Kirk is real and all these amazing first stories are part of the stories you tell, like we do about World War II, like we do about this stuff, it's going to look like this. Yeah. And particularly if the people who become want to join it are super fans of the history and the lore of this, it's like, yes. Like, do you think NASA's like, you know, uh, Neil Armstrong, who, what? what? Yeah. I don't know who this is. Like, like, no, they'd be aware. They'd aware. Like, they may be a little hyper aware, but it's, it's not. I enjoyed Picard. I liked Picard. Um, Discovery is not for me. I've tried. It is a kind of storytelling and structure. It's not for me, but Lord Dex is great. I'm excited about Star Trek Prodigy coming out because my friend uh, uh, Bonnie is going to play the uh, voice of the robot on that. So I got to see, see what they do with Star Trek Prodigy with Lord Dex. But here's my pick. If you're not watching Lord Dex, you need to be watching Lord Dex. Lord Dex is phenomenal. The other underrated thing that people like that doesn't get enough attention, but is probably the greatest comedy show there is what we do in shadows. Yep. 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 I'm only 15 minutes into the first episode. Cause I don't want to just race through it. And I'm just like, it's just so. Oh, so you're good. just starting season one. Oh, how I no, no, no. Season three. Season right? three. Oh, season oh, this three. season. Yeah. Okay, yeah good. Yeah. Good. Season good. three. Yeah. No, I was, I was team season one. Okay. You. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. gee, but yeah, uh, I like how Bryce is trapped in this cage right now, and uh, he lets him. Oh, I'm sorry, Guillermo. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> too real. Too real. <laughs> sorry. All right. Uh, but yeah, the Guillermo, the evolution of Guillermo's character is fantastic, and it's just it's a show that loves its characters. It loves its characters. Uh, I'll, I'll be. I, I I will admit, first couple episodes were not uh, uh, my favorite. I think that they felt a little disjointed. Um, that being said, I think it was like episode three or, 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 or four. It really started to hit its stride. But I am also a gigantic fan of the more that they explore the world, the magical world that they live in, uh, the better the show is invariably. Like, like it is... It is always funny to see the vampires try to, you know, uh, use a bank teller or or do like some other stuff. But to me, the funniest stuff is when you see the mundanity of the magical world. And this is uh, they they they've gotten more and more into that as as the season has gone on. That's always been their power pitch for me. And and I mean, again, it's just it's it's also just hard to go wrong when you've got one of the best casts on television, yeah. like. Like, like as Brian explored before, like when you, Matt Barry is one of these people that's like, maybe you heard of or seen, but then you watch him in this, you're like, this guy is a treasure. And then you look at what he's done and you're like, oh my God, like, it's amazing. Brian's yeah. nodding to everybody. Brian yes, is nodding. Yes, he's yes, like, yes. Uh, yeah. No, I, I've, I've, I've said that uh, Brian has a physical reaction to Matt Barry's voice in the way that like, toddlers react to children's television that they love a lot it, it, it is just like a sound a rhythm and brian's just like ah well Same. i for one can't even imagine what you're talking about Same. however i will say this has been a fantastical uh, after thing it's like watching watching defend turning a baby into a vampire <laughs> just just I would watch a show. And it's just him accounting for like, like I, I want him to so horrible. I want him to read the, uh, the, uh, 
Ted Bundy tapes. <laughs> yes, yeah. all of that. Okay. There's, <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I got I got homework to to start getting done on. But uh, 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 oh, what a good discussion! <laughs> all right, it's been after. Yes, that was more Bane than. <laughs> <laughs> Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> <laughs>